0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 844 of the Box podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with Fletcher. He's an adult living with type 1 diabetes, and we have just a wonderful conversation that gets very philosophical at the end. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you happen to have type 1 diabetes like Fletcher, or you're the caregiver of someone with type 1 like me, can you please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and complete their survey? It will not take you long. It is completely HIPAA compliant. The questions aren't difficult. They're all about diabetes, type 1, and it's anonymous. The questions they ask are simple. They're about your type 1 diabetes or your child's type 1, and your answers help to move type 1 diabetes research forward. You can do that right from your home, just sitting on your sofa, t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. It really will just take you like 10 minutes, and it's going to help. I appreciate your time. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by U.S. Med. Get your diabetes supplies the way we do, from U.S. Med. Getting started with U.S. Med couldn't be easier. All you have to do is go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox or call 888-721-1514. The podcast is also sponsored today by AG1 from Athletic Greens. Now, I take AG1 every day. I put a scoop in with about 16 ounces of water. I shake it up, drink it down, starts my day off right. You could as well. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Start your day off on the right foot. When you use my link, not only will you get your order of AG1, but you'll also get a free year supply of vitamin D, and five free travel packs of AG1. Links to all the sponsors at juiceboxpodcast.com. If you can't remember, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox and usmed.com forward slash juicebox.
1: No worries. Thank you. It's funny. I'm looking at your picture on Zoom, and it's exactly how I imagined you look. <laughs> Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, almost spot on. Like, the, the, the face structure, you know, uh, I don't know about, I didn't imagine you wearing glasses, but.
0: Well, so Fletcher, we're we're recording. I want to keep talking to you about
1: this. Is that okay? Oh, that's totally fine. I had a feeling that we were recording. And by the way, I just want you to know, I had zero notification that this was still happening.
0: You didn't get the, (laughs) you didn't get an email?
1: Um, Well, I got one like three days before. Uh, Let me take a look at how it's, you're supposed to get one 24 hours prior. Well, yeah, that's that's totally fine. But I'm I think we scheduled this oh six months ago. Six months ago, yeah. And I would I just thought I would have heard like maybe a month prior and said, "Hey, we're still on," just so you know. Instead of well, that's twenty four hours before. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. That's good to know.
0: So I'll look at the system and see if the system gives me an opportunity to do something like that.
1: Yeah, just you know, that gives you a little bit more time to prepare and, and make sure that. Nothing else is it needs to be scheduled that day. That sort of thing. Gotcha. Yeah. No. I'd be. Ha- I'm actually
0: making a note for myself. Let me see if we can get like a uh, like a thirty day countdown, maybe. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you bringing that up. So, um, hmm. I, I I know I don't have a camera. I apologize, but um, okay. If you uh. How do you come to believe that you might know what I look like? That's fascinating.
1: Like what led you to that? Um well, you know, when you when you listen to someone long enough, you just start to put pieces of the face puzzle together, right? And you know, you you think about body structure, you think about how they carry themselves, you know. It's interesting. And and sometimes you even compare them to people you know in your life. You kind of have that same tone of voice. But I don't know. So when I first saw your picture, I said, you know what? That's like spot on. That looks like a Scott Benner to me. Do I look
0: like a friend of yours or an acquaintance that you matched me to in your mind?
1: Probably the closest reference would be my cousin's husband. Okay. uh, Who lives in New York and, you know, huge New Yorker. Um, But uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. You don't, I mean, you kind of look like you knew a New Yorker with the way your hat is, but
0: <laughs> the, hat, the hat was just new, so it didn't. It oh, was, was it? Wasn't okay. form, formed my head yet? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, it really is very interesting. Um, I listened <laughs> to a radio show for years, and one time, then saw one of the people on the show, and I was so far off from what they looked like, I was. I thought like, well, obviously, I'm not good at figuring out what people look like from how they sound, um, but it, uh, it's nice to know that you were close. So uh, I appreciate sure. it. Uh, well, so since we've already started, um, just introduce yourself very quickly.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Fletcher, and um, I've been a diabetic for uh, 28 years now. Okay. That's a good long Today's time. Today's actually my birthday. Is it? It is.
0: Fletcher, how old are you?
1: I'm thirty-five.
0: Happy birthday. I'm used to think it was a um when people would come on and say, Today's my birthday, or you know, tomorrow's my birthday. For like the first handful of times I thought, what a coincidence. And now I think I realize that when people have an opportunity to pick a date in the future, they might have off on their birthday or they you know what I mean? Like there might be drawn to their birthday or something like that, because it can't be coincidental. At this point, sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I, 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 I would doubt it. I think they're picking it in on purpose. Yeah.
0: Um. Do this on your know, lunch. And,
1: right. <laughs> well, and you know what better way to talk about yourself than on your birthday? <laughs> really, really is a reasonable decision.
0: Uh Okay. So, all right, so today's your birthday. You Just said. I'm sorry. You just turned thirty five. Yes, thirty five. You've had diabetes for twenty eight years. Twenty eight years. You were seven when you had type one. Okay. Um. So, 28 years ago, 94-ish, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, living at home, obviously, because you're young. Your parents together, divorced.
1: Yes, they're together. Together, oh, bro- yeah. brothers, sisters? Mm-hmm. Uh, two older brothers. Okay, you're the youngest. Um, so I'm the baby. Do
0: either of your brothers or your parents have any autoimmune stuff?
1: No. No. Um, my grandparents did, though. How so? Um, they had some form of diabetes. I, I don't know if it was type one or if it was just type, you know, the type two mm-hmm. version. Um, but they I know that they did have complications from it. Um, that's it. You
0: know, you know about how old they were when they passed?
1: They were young. Um, well, my grandfather was young. He was early 60s. And then um, my grandmother was about 70. Okay. 60s. So.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I mean, today's standards, that's very young. I remember my grandmother yeah. passing when I was like 16 and she mm-hmm. was 73 and people were marking at how long she had lived. And I was like, "All right, well, I guess that's how old I'm trying to live to
1: 73. <laughs> they could have been saying that to make you feel better too, but totally isn't. Totally understand. Yeah, it's it's a we understand now that women are going to live way longer than us, but you know, <laughs> so just av- av- evolving here or there, yeah, like an evolving idea as medi-
0: as as the medical world <laughs> right. changes. Right? I mean, diabetes yeah. is a great example of that. Just mm-hmm. you know, uh, expectations and and longevity ideas change like with with technology sometimes so um right do you remember being diagnosed
1: oh yeah like the back of my hand
0: why why what happened
1: well it was just a weird series of events right so my mom took me to a normal doctor's appointment and you're gonna laugh at this i hated needles with a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we would go to the doctor, that would be the first question coming out of my mouth. And I would say, Hey, am I getting stuck today? Like I'm going to freak out. If I'm getting stuck today, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to walk out of this building. Um, and, you know, they had known that the doctors and nurses, you know, they all knew that. And so when they tested my blood sugar that day, the doctor came back in and this was a great doctor. He, he was hilarious. Uh, he wore buttons on his jacket, like a ton of buttons mm-hmm. and just had the goofiest sayings. Um, and, uh, he comes in, but though he comes in with a serious face, you know, so instead of all happy and Jerry comes in with a serious face and says, Marilyn, which is my mother's name, you need to take Fletcher, go straight to children's do not stop for anyone and it freaked her out yeah yeah we think so you know uh and and so of course she had to call somebody to make arrangements because i believe at the time my middle brother uh was still in school and you know my dad was still at work so someone had to ensure that he got home But yeah, so she had to make a phone call, and I just remember sitting in the car, looking at her, crying, and uh, very distraught. And I'm like, what is going on? And that's when we get to the hospital, and I remember going like, what are we doing here? Right? And she, again, what was odd is that she didn't say a word to me, bro, like nothing. So I'm just like, going through these weird motions like what's about to happen
0: yeah trying to figure it out <laughs> at a young age because i mean she, yeah. there's no way she knows what to say right she's having her right. own reaction she's trying to figure it out it's interesting All right what's the first thing she did say to you what do you remember the? Remember. it was
1: so long yeah, ago it's hard you, to remember do you but, remember the you doctors know, I,
0: telling you maybe
1: no, no no i remember going into the hospital they took me to a room. They get me on the bed. They say we have to draw blood. And, and the reason my mother took me to the, the doctor to begin with is because I would always used to sit on her lap for a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: And she just noticed how bony I had become, you know, as I continued to sit on her lap. And she said, that doesn't seem right. You're like losing weight.
0: Interesting.
1: And you know, she, you know, you go through the whole peeing a lot, drinking a lot thing. She figured, okay, maybe we should take you to see the doctor. So that's how we got to this point. Anyway, so they put me on the bed and they said we have to draw blood. So I was super skinny. I was, you know, for my age, I think it was at like forty pounds. Oh wow. And and this was the moment I always truly remember was having to the doctors try to draw blood for me. Um, and at one point they had three needles in each arm and, and they couldn't get anything. (laughs) And so I remember my father showing up, all right. He walks in, he takes one look at me where where I'm like screaming and crying and flat out passes out. I mean, he just like, (laughs) it was like in one of the, it's like one of the TV show pass outs where it just fall way backwards and just hits the ground. And so they had to call code 15, right? So like 15 doctors are rushing into my room (laughs) to come help my dad. (laughs) I'm I'm amazed.
0: You remember the code number?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and my mother, as I'm still crying and screaming, starts giggling and laughing. And she's like, look, daddy passed out. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Trying to make me feel better. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that's kind of funny, but I'm still in a lot of pain here, you know? Um, And so finally they were able to draw blood. Um, I remember them giving me a couple crackers and some water afterwards. And then I remember them sitting me in the room. um, And then they tell me like, Hey, you know, this is what you are now. You're uh, a diabetic. Uh, you're going to have to take insulin for the rest of your life. Uh, you you know, you're not going to be able to have the sugar and the sweets and all the things that you typically enjoy. And we have a nice cheeseburger here for you, but in order for you to eat the cheeseburger, you're going to have to take a shot of insulin. Yeah. And I'm like, what, you know? And, and again, keep in mind my mother she knows how terrified i am of needles and so i was like all right so i I said okay let's do this and at first i locked myself in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and then they coaxed me out (laughs) and they said all right we're gonna put it in your arm i was like they were like count to five i was like okay one you know i counted it really loud because it helped I counted really loud and I got the three and they're like, all right, we're done. I'm like, what? I didn't feel that. i are like, yeah, you're done. And all of a sudden this rush of relief came over me, you know, like, Oh, well I can handle that. Yeah. You're, right. You're like bi- that's your not biggest, a big deal.
0: Your biggest concern is not your desire to not have a needle anymore. It's that your parents are not tough in a Harvard situation. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly your, your mom turtled up and your dad dove on the floor and stayed there yeah. yeah 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 yeah.
1: so um you know but that night i remember um my mom laying with me with the bed and because i just i cried the whole night you know trying to uh process what was happening um know, yeah, because i i didn't anticipate it right and and so um, I was there for about let's say three or four days. I think my a one c was fourteen. Wow. I mean for your yeah.
0: description of your body, this was really advanced. I figured,
1: yeah, right. well, and supposedly that they think I should have been diagnosed sooner. Mm. like I should have been diagnosed at five, not seven.
0: oh wow. Well, were you undersized at that point as well? Did you grow a lot after you got insulin?
1: Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everything everything started to kick in.
0: It is fast. Um, did, did your mom have hindsight? Did she ever speak to you about it? Like, oh, looking back, I do see this or no?
1: No. No. My parents were very busy. Yeah. yeah. Very busy working, you know. Um most of you know, sometimes they had to work two jobs. Okay. You know, we didn't Come from the the wealthiest of wealthy.
0: <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. You walk back in the you know house, I mean? you scan the room. Everybody's upright. Their eyes look like they're pointing right. in the same direction. You're like, good, another day done. You know.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, with three kids, you know, I understand why she she had to work the way she worked. You know, to provide for everybody. And and same with my father, which you know, I don't, I can't be mad at them for that. You know, it's just the circumstance that yeah. that was dealt. Yeah.
0: You know. No, I mean you can't really be mad at people for anything about the way they are. I mean their actions are different, no. but right know, who they are, the situation they're in is you know, it's, it's hard to be mad about anything like that. Yeah. Um so did the uh fear of needles dissipate from that one instance or did it reoccur on you?
1: No, it, it was gone. It stayed away. As soon as yeah, as soon as I left the hospital. <clears throat> I was fine with it. Wow. Um I, I acclimated to it rather quickly, which is surprising, but you know, you know, I never complained about it. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you what did um, it bother you even though you didn't complain?
1: Yeah, I mean <clears throat> it did bother me, but it you know, eventually I just thought of it as a uh, a way to say to myself, like, I need this. This is what you need now. And hey, you know, do it in front of your friends and make you look cool. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's something that makes you different at the very least. And sometimes it that's, does. That's yeah. what you're looking for, you know. Sometimes right, now, not. Some <clears throat> some people don't want to look different, and and some people. Want, oh no! Yeah. Like no, I'm
1: different. I'm the, I am the, uh, epitome of different, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which well, you know <clears throat> I've always I've always appreciated because it, it gives you different perspectives and um, in a good way. Yeah. So so now, my childhood best friend just almost also happened to be diabetic as well, really? right? Um, but he's been at it uh, longer than I had. Uh, he was diagnosed when he was two, and so it felt good to have to know you know somebody had the same thing I had, mm-hmm. right? Because back in my heyday, <clears throat> and I apologize. I have terrible allergies. I live in the Midwest.
0: No, oh, it's fine. If you need a second, take a second.
1: Uh, no, it's good. I might just take a, a sip of coffee. You're fine. Just to, you know.
0: I'm, I'm going to ask you while you're, before you tell me about the heyday before you were seven, I love that there was a heyday before you were seven, but um, d- how long after you're
1: diagnosed do you think,
0: oh my God, my friend has this too?
1: Yeah, I mean, and I didn't even really question what he was doing at the time, you know, I would see him test his blood sugar. Um, but at that age, I'm just kind of like, whatever, let's go play. Like, (laughs) I didn't give it any thought. And then I realized, oh, he's been doing, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have, you know, I should follow in his shoes and boy, was that a mistake.
0: One of the first things I do every morning is take AG1 from Athletic Greens. You could do this as well. You could build a foundation for better health with AG1. Use my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box to get started today. When you do, you'll also unlock an offer to receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's on top of your AG1. Come on. AG1 supports immunity, boosts energy, helps recovery, and promotes gut health. I take it because I'm afraid that my diet doesn't quite include all of the vitamins and nutrients that it should, and AG1 helps me to feel better every day. I tried a handful of other green drinks before coming to AG1. One of them, I won't mention the name, tasted like what I imagined feet would taste like if you made it into a drink. AG1, however goes down nice and easy. And my palate is hard to uh, get along with. So that really is saying something. AG1 from Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anythings. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Of course, to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do to get that offer is visit my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Once again, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to AG1 and all the sponsors. Have you found that getting your diabetes supplies can be a pain in the butt? I have two. But not any longer, because now we're getting Arden's diabetes supplies from US Med. To get a free benefits check, just call 888 721 1514 or go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox. US Med has served over 1 million diabetes customers since 1996, and they want you to know that they're offering you better service and better care than you're getting now. U.S. Med always provides 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. They carry everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest CGMs like the Freestyle Libre 2 and the Dexcom G6. Arden gets her Dexcoms and her Omnipods from U.S. Med. U.S. Med accepts Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. U.S. Med is the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre systems the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, number one fastest growing tandem distributor, the number one rated distributor in Dexcom, customer service satisfaction surveys, and they are proud of the white glove treatment that they offer their customers. usmed.com forward slash juice or call 888-721-1514. And that 888 number is special just for Juicebox podcast listeners. Now, if you decide to go to the website, it's super simple. Here's what it tells you when you get there. Getting started is easy. From the comfort of your own home or office, you can now join over 1 million satisfied customers who rely on our staff of courteous, knowledgeable, and trained U.S. Med customer care representatives to keep you up to date with your medical and diabetic supplies delivered right to your door. Super simple benefits check. Name, phone number, email, zip code, and then just hit the button that says request a free benefits check. It's that easy. Let US Med take care of your supplies so you don't have to worry.
1: Boy, was that a mistake. There are good diabetics, and there are bad diabetics. And, you know, when you're young, easy to be a bad diabetic. Very easy. And... What I mean by a bad diabetic is, you know, they're eating oatmeal pies and zebra cakes, you know, all the things that we should not be touching.
0: So he he had diabetes for a long time prior to you. If you're seven in what do we say ninety four, um, mm-hmm. then he had type one going back to eighty nine and yeah. back then and probably even when you were diagnosed were you regular in MPH at that point or no not oh anymore. yeah regular an MPH right so the you know the call of the day is you shoot in the morning you shoot at dinner and that's what you do and um yeah. and you, you go ahead and eat and you know we'll make adjustments maybe every once in a while when i see the doctor so he right. doesn't have any perspective not nobody back then had perspective the way we have right now about how insulin works really cuz it didn't work the same you know, your, mm. your objectives were different. The technology was different. I mean, even meters were, you know, it's not, it's not like you could have reached into your pocket, grabbed a little meter and tested yourself whenever you wanted to. Right. Like the meters were no. bigger and all right. And so he's, and he's going along living his life the way he does. And then you, you mirror him.
1: Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because he was my best friend too. I mean, we always hung out together and, you know, I didn't question what he was doing. Yeah. You know, uh, I know that I shouldn't have been eating sugar out of the ordinary meal times I'm supposed to because they would give you, uh, you know, an amount of calories that you were allowed to have per day. Okay. Um, but Man. again... And it was counted you know, by calories. The- yeah, so yeah. they would designate like, hey, you're, you're only allowed to have 1,900 calories or, you know, 2,200 calories or whatever. The dietitian would set that up, right? Um, And I hope um, I'm. I I apologize if I misspeak (laughs) about that, but uh, at least that's kind of how I remembered it: is they would give you a kind of a calorie goal to to stick to. Mm -hmm. Um, And you. you know, so when we would hang out, I mean, we would snack, and you know, we there was a gas station right next to where we live. So we would always take a quarter or a nickel and go up there and get sugar, bubble gum, or, you know, these tasty chocolate treats and just go about our day. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of put me in a bad habit going forward because, you know, I uh, went, wouldn't get my a one C in control. And my mom noticed it too. she, because when I first came out of the hospital, I was I was doing great. I was like, yeah, I'm eating my vegetables, keep my A1C under control. And I think I got it down to like 7.9. Mm-hmm. And then and then it all Want the, went the <laughs> it, it H-E double hockey sticks from there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, it you know, you know what's interesting is we talk so much, just not around diabetes, but in general about people. We talk so much about what people should be doing instead of what they do. And then life seems to become about this this fight, you know, to put yourself where you're supposed to be. And, and I, I get it, right, if it's health or, you know, personal safety or, you know, the way you treat other people, like stuff like that. Right? Like we're all not going to run around with a club in our hand and, and hit anybody we want and take their stuff, right? We're, we're trying to get past that. But we're right. we're constantly in a situation as human beings. We're constantly in a situation where we're trying to take our reactions to things and change them to something else because we're trying mm-hmm. to evolve, and, and you know, the truth is, is that, you know, if you would have gotten diabetes as a caveman, let's say, you would have continued to live your life the way you lived it. You would have died sooner than you may have if, you know, you didn't get this oh, yeah. thing, right? And mm-hmm. you'd be part of the, I, I, my my example always flies to, like, you know, part of the ant hill, you know what I mean? Like, you'd you'd be mm-hmm. the ant that died four days before the other ants, and- one of the ants will be a little uh, puffier than the other one. And one would be thinner than the other one. One would be crazier than the other one. One would be more aggressive than the other one. And I don't know. We just, it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting battle that we always find ourselves in. And I'm not saying people right. shouldn't strive for better health or, uh, you know, behaviors, that, that kind of thing. But it does, it does occur to me that every time somebody comes on here, what they talk about is, I am a person. This is how I am. And then suddenly told me to, somebody told me to be different. And mm. and then we act like that's easy to do.
1: Right. You know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, I didn't, at the time, I didn't have any other role, role model. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when you talk about being different, uh, you know, if you were diabetic, you were different. You know, because I, I remember going to elementary school and all the kids would be like, why does he get to have snack in the middle of class? That's not fair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know in my head I'm like well I don't want to have snack in the middle of class right Right. I didn't ask for that I didn't ask for the the parents to kindly bring sugar free ice cream whenever we would have ice cream day Mm -hmm. but they did you know and I think those parents you know being considerate like that and looking out for me And that kind of continued through school uh, that way for a while, and then you know, and and keep in mind, and I always think back to it too: is eating the way I did was my choice. I I didn't have to follow how my other diabetic friend was eating. I could have, you know, gave neglect, but it's one of those things where at that age you're just you know peer pressure. And you didn't want to feel different mm-hmm. at that point, right? You yeah. wanted to feel normal.
0: Also, at seven or eight, nine years old, whatever you are then, I mean, somebody shows me green beans and a moon pie. I'm like, oh,
1: I'm going to try the moon pie. <laughs> that makes
0: kind of makes sense. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was not a big veggie fan back then either. So <clears throat> that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, it does um, But it's interesting, though, isn't it, that it makes total sense that a decision is made that way. And yet, when you think back on it, you think of it as a failure.
1: Yeah, I mean, failure or, um, you know, un, uh, just unfortunate uh, circumstances, I, you know, uh, there, there's nothing I can change about it, right? I don't regret, you know, that I didn't have him because he was great. He helped, you know, he helped me get through my childhood. Right. And, um, but one thing that always kind of brought me back, um, there you go. My blood sugar is dropping. Good job, Scott. Uh, (laughs) here's what
0: I hear. I've made you relaxed and calm and your blood sugar is full.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? And like every, I'm not low. I'm 73 and cruising. I hate this thing <laughs> What's your alarm set? False alarm. What's your alarm set at? Seventy. Oh. So you might have you so, might have
0: dipped under it for a second at some point.
1: Yeah. Okay. But I'm I'm cruise. I'm good. Right. Uh, I lost train thought. Oh. Um and so, you know, I I don't regret going through what I did with him you know, and but one thing that always brought me back. Is my mom found an all um, diabetes camp, right? So, um, they the first camp I went to, I was actually eight, and it was called uh, Camp to Come To, and
0: that's kind of an interesting name.
1: I know, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: it's the camp. It's the camp to come to.
1: It's the camp to
0: come to. But if, but if you say it quickly, it almost feels like it was named by an ancient Indian civilization tribe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) it's ridiculous. But go ahead. Yeah.
1: Anywho, so uh, this was just a day camp, though, and you know you would go during I think it was eight to four or something like that, and um, I remember everything about that camp. Right? It was. It was amazing because I had all of these kids who were exactly like me and, you know, we had a bond and we, and we grew that bond the more we went to this camp. So I, I ended up going back every year um, for the next three or four years. And then when I was old enough, which I think was nine or 10, I then also went to the sleepaway camp
0: camp to sleep and
1: too.
0: what's that it was called camp to sleep too
1: no yeah <laughs> that, was, that would have been clever i
0: don't know why, why um, they didn't do it uh, but god i'm sorry yeah.
1: Sleepaway sleep away camp <laughs> that was, it was camp Corlitz, okay. and you know for all my diabetic friends who are listening to this and i know they're going to listen to it uh they're going to reminisce about it and you know when you say different i mean my first name when people listen to this going to know they're going to know they're going to know it's me and they're going to message me and be like you were on the juice box, box? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, because when you're diabetic and your first name is unique like that, it's kind of hard not to miss, right? And and so the uh, the sleepaway camps, you know, that always brought me back and kind of zoned me in, you know, I'm like, oh, I need to take care better care of myself, and. But then as soon as you leave, it was like, you're back in the real world and things are hard and things get all messed up and out of proportion and you're not on a, an awesome routine anymore. And so I would fall back into these bad habits. Okay. And, you know, that kind of carried me into my high school and college years. And, you know, I was still was struggling, you know, I, I think from when I was first diagnosed to gosh, when I was 26, 27, that whole time I did not have my A1C under control. Diagnosed to 27. Yeah. Okay. So 20 years. Yeah. All right. And I think it was when I was 20, right? um, Is where it started to catch up to me because I was having issues with my eyes. Mm -hmm. And so um, I went to a specialist and they said, yeah, you've got retinopathy, uh, a little bit of retinopathy going on. And so, you know, if you think about it, when when we're living the life, we don't feel any of the re- repercussions, you know? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, th- this just comes, um, I hope I can curse. I don't know, is this is the after hours version. I hope <laughs> it is. Don't worry, we'll just, <laughs> I'm, I, you're fine. But, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You just don't realize that the, the sh- that's going to hit you uh later in life and for me it was my eyes which you would think like oh that's not a big deal you know at least you're not losing limbs um
0: i don't know fletcher i see that as a big deal but go ahead yeah i I wouldn't i wouldn't think (laughs) oh no just your eyes don't worry about it it'll be fine you still have your arm yeah yeah well
1: you know because your eye your your eyes can be repaired to a to an extent i guess your limbs could too but that's i don't know if i had to choose a path i would I would say not to lose a limb. Yeah. And, you know, my eye doctor was the one that really beat it into me about taking care of myself. Okay. Which is kind of interesting because you would think an endocrinologist would do it. You know, they would be the ones to lay the lay the hammer down and wow. be like.
0: I mean, you were seeing a, an endocrinologist for 20 years and they never mentioned to you that your A1Cs look wonky to them. Oh, they did. Okay. They did.
1: Um, but you didn't care. You didn't listen. Yeah. Well, again, it was one of those things where it felt like it wasn't really happening. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, it was that one moment where I was brought in. I would get the reality check, and as, as soon as I left, I was it. I'm back yeah. to my old self, back to my old routine. You know, and that's just the path continued now. Granted, could I have asked for better support? Sure. You know, and I think that's the the main thing is like, you need to have support um, from the get-go. Yeah. People who will keep you honest, people who will make sure you're doing what you need to do and continue that routine. Because if you don't have that support system, just depending on yourself and, and trusting yourself to keep yourself honest, it's. It's a lot harder.
0: (laughs) Who do you you think should have been that person for you?
1: Oh, people. I mean, for sure. It should have been my parents. Okay. It should have been my brothers, but I don't blame them, you know, again, because I never spoke up. Right. I didn't ask for it. And maybe I wasn't supposed to, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, weird line. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, everybody just wanted to pretend like, Oh, he was diagnosed with diabetes. We now know why he was so skinny he he we know what we have to do now but that's it we're going to do the bare minimum make sure he takes his shots and tests his blood sugar, and then move on yeah right and that was it and and so as a repercussion 10 13 20 years later um you know i'm having issues with my eyes now yeah and so first time i remember getting lasered for the first time and, you know, it, and it's not like, uh, <laughs> it's not like LASIK surgery where you're getting your eyes corrected, right. <laughs> Completely different. Um, you know, this is, this is the stuff that these are the lasers that are like, you know, you're going to feel in the back of your head, right. When they hit you. Um, and the first time I did it, it wasn't too bad, right. You know, they, the, uh, the doctor put this helmet on, you know, and just straight into your, I mean, it was, it was weird, right? It was weird at first, but um, after the first time I was like, okay, well, I'm done. Right. And he goes, Oh no. He's like, we're going to be doing this for a while. And I'm like, what? Mm. And so we did, we did do it for years. Fle- um, and
0: Fletcher, to be clear, you put the helmet on. No, <laughs> right? Can you imagine in that situation the first time if he put the helmet on? You're like, wait, this is so dangerous. He's wearing a helmet. <laughs> it's
1: no, that's that's how they laser into you. Oh, wait a <laughs> they, minute. They, they...
0: He wears the helmet.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Oh, hold oh, on. Yeah. All right. I guess I need to understand better. So, what's the helmet for?
1: The, the helmet is. It, it, it's like it's hooked up to this machine, and. You know, he just—I mean, I say helmet. It's not like a baseball helmet or you know whatever. It's—it's yeah. it's like a—it's essentially it's like a, um,
0: just like an apparatus on his head that helps. Yeah, him it's like an thing. apparatus
1: on his okay. head where he can put this like little uh, mechanism in front of his eye to stare down into mine, and then he has like a remote control to. To like aim and laser into Ah. where it needs to be lasered
0: that's interesting isn't
1: it it's very fascinating yeah yeah. Yeah. but um you know the first time the first few times around you know he's like look you know the first few times that we do this it's sometimes it's going to be a little irritated but then as we progress it's it, it might get a little worse right and it did because you know i got to a point where after gosh, I want to say three or four years, um, it was painful to to be getting this done. Yeah, and was it helping? I yes, okay. oh yes, okay. it was helping. Absolutely, yeah. And I remember the last time I had to do it, um, my wife actually came with me, and um, I remember. It was excruciatingly painful. He said, cause he said to me that he said, I had to use this powerful machine. It's going to be a lot worse than you've ever felt before. And so he just went at it and imagine like, it's not like the, the sound you hear. It's not like, pew pew. it's like, it's literally, I mean, that's what it, yeah, it's like he's playing a video game in your eyeball. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he's he's cause he's trying to reduce the over-pressured blood vessels in there. Yeah. And I swear by the time he was done, I felt blind. Like everything was black. Um, and I just remember him saying to my wife, look, he took that like a champ, you know, um, a lot of, cause a lot of people, when they go through that, they have to take breaks, mm. right? Because it, it hurts so much when they're doing that. I mean, it, and like I said, the only way I can describe it is someone is literally poking your eyeball from behind, you know, and causing enough to where you, you know, you're, you get a huge migraine. Mm. Um, and, you know, I brought her with me because I knew I wasn't going to be able to drive. And it's a good thing I did because right, right. I was not going to be able to drive. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, by the way, most people, after being described as, hey, they took that like a champ, are not in the situation where they can take care of themselves. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, that's never a statement that's made and then you go skipping off to lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but, you know, it. it was... It was it was the last time though, and um, I at that point started getting my act together, and you know my A one C was kind of hanging around between seven and eight, which isn't bad, but it's not great, Mm -hmm. and um, and then you know Tandem came out with this uh, control IQ right. Um, and so as that was coming out over the next few years, I thought, you know, oh, I'm done with lasering; everything's gonna be good, right? So I go back, and he's like, "All right, now we got to switch you to shots." And I'm like, "Excuse me?
0: Oh, now you're getting the needles?
1: Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, "Yeah, now we got to we got to do shots in your eyes now."
0: Fletcher, how long did this go on
1: for in years? i think i started in when i was 23 so 12 years wow geez were you married when
0: you were 23
1: no I, i i didn't get married until i was um 26 okay that's
0: still pretty young by the way
1: yeah yeah
0: i mean i'm not judging you just i'm saying no sure
1: yeah um well so you know and once uh so once we started on shots, I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I can take a shot to the eye. I'm like, you know, that's, that's stuff like where you're like in your seventies, getting that kind of thing. Right. I it's, mean, that's
0: it's, it's what you're hoping when you're 26. Yeah. Like I, if I ever right. should need a shot in my eye, I hope it doesn't happen until I'm 70. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Oh, and so, um, you know, so by this time I'm in my early thirties, so like 30, 31 and you know, so i I was going in, Scott, almost every five weeks to do this. Mm. It was bad. Fun little you note know? on your
0: calendar. Uh, yeah. Did you have other issues from stemming from diabetes, or were your eyes? The I was going to say the main focus, but for some reason yeah. I want to use an eye <laughs> reference. But um, because also when you said it feels like they're poking you from the back of your eyeball, I got a sharp pain in my left eye, and I was like, I'm very, very easily <laughs> manipulated. Um, yeah. But but did you have other things going on too, or was this no? That was that just, was just this. That was the
1: main thing. Yeah. But it was, was enough to end.
0: scare you, and you were like, okay, <laughs> what were you all saying about my blood sugar again? Let me get that right.
1: <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, right. Wait,
0: so was yeah. your health also improving?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, progressively, since I had gotten out of school, um, so I, I finished my master's in 2013.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it was at that moment where I felt like I could finally focus on myself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and so from that point on, all the way up until now um, I can happily say like my a1c is below six and a half. Oh, good for you. You know, and, uh, and of course I have technology to thank for that. I mean, no doubt, like without control IQ, I would, I I don't know where I would be still. Right. I might still be getting shots. Um, But You know the shots didn't stop until maybe I was thirty three, so a couple years ago, and um, well, maybe it was long. Maybe it was like thirty one, thirty two. Trying to think, because
0: it's such a long. I don't
1: think I was getting shots when I was with when I had my kids. Are Um,
0: your eyes at a point now where they where you don't notice that any of this ever happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't have anything like floaters or you know my peripherals are still pretty good mm-hmm. you know, every time i go to the eye doctor i have 2020 so that's lucky uh but like as far as like the impact of what they did yeah it no there's well, there's been no nothing bad about it right like what he did was amazing that's crazy um, i mean i was gonna say the know,
0: doctor sounds like he was a uh, really skilled
1: yeah, and you know, I actually I keep in touch with them. I played at his daughter's quinceanera. Uh, you know, I have a band, and you know, he hired us to, <laughs> to play his you know, his daughter's quinceanera. Do you know the, what a quinceanera is? Brother? Well,
0: it sounds like a party that a child has at a certain age. If your background you correct. is um, going to go Spanish, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Look mm-hmm. at me. Yeah. 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 And you, yeah. his like,
1: wife, on his wife is Spanish, but okay and you uh, play music you know, he's what's that you play music oh yeah i'm i have a master's degree in music performance okay yeah do you, that's do a whole you different
0: it? do you use it i'm uh, so interested do you use your master's degree in your job
1: oh no absolutely <laughs> not i
0: <laughs> been having this no. conversation with my son as he's uh just graduated from college and looking up and seeing the vastness of the world, and it's the first time in his life he hasn't had, you know, structure like this is a thing I do. I, I'm, i I know I'm Cole because Cole does this. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, we're watching him go through it. And he's like, I don't know. What am I going to do with this degree? And I'm like, there's no way to know, man. I was like, just get out there and, you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see how it shakes out. So you have a, you have a master's of, I guess, arts or fine arts or something like that.
1: Yeah. So I have a, uh, masters well it just says masters in music but it's essentially in fine arts yeah i
0: see and, um and you were able to pay back the entire college loan from your eye doctor's gig is that right everything's
1: fine <laughs> yeah well so they actually yeah, no uh they actually because at first the 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 shots were quite you know they were quite cheap based on the version he was giving me the drug he was using okay and then you had to switch me to ILEA and apparently that was like 2000 or something ridiculous, a pop, like for each shot that, Jeez. and I had to get it in both, both eyes. eyes. Um, and so, you know, they have programs out there to, to help reduce the cost of those. And luckily I qualified at the time. So
0: you qualified um, as a person who can't come up with $4,000 every five weeks. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think we all qualify like that ledger. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. You're telling me. Yeah. But hey,
0: what, what did that form look like? Are you living?
1: Yes. You qualify. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Are you trash picking? No, no, it was, it wasn't that bad. Um, you know, I still had to pay a little bit, but just definitely not as much. And, um, but as far as any other adverse effects, there haven't been any, um, Good. it's been great, you know, as far as I can tell, and, you know, I haven't had any issues since, you know, every time I've gone back to the, I mean, so I used to be, I used to see my doctor, you know, it, it started every three months and then it went to weeks and then now I'm, I'm cleared to see him every year, right? Like coming back in a year. That's excellent. Which, yeah, which is like a huge relief because, you know, for me that it took a long time, longer than it should have, um, you know, and I, I can only hope that, you know, this new phase of being in control is um going to help me yeah, it's impacting progress you. forward. And
0: yeah, it's, hopefully it's impacting you in a positive way, unlike not seeing after your blood sugars was impacting you in a negative way.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Right. And, you know, so I, I, I think that um, the, the moral of the story here, <laughs> Scott, mm-hmm. is uh, <laughs> you need to take care of yourself uh, because the, the time is an illusion. Right. And it's an illusion to a diabetic because we think time isn't against us. And it is especially with how we take care of ourselves. And if we abuse that and we say, Oh, I'm just going to hit this ignore button and pretend that I'm not diabetic for years, there's going to be consequences down the road, whether you want them to be or not. And you just don't know what they're going to be. Right. I mean, I could have had kidney failure. I could have had um, a slew of other things that could happen. And you know, not that I'm saying that I wanted to go through what I went through because it was horrible, um, mm-hmm. but, you know, I'm I'm still grateful that, you know, as I've progressed over the 28 years that, you know, with the use of technology and, and everybody who's helped me in my life that, you know, I've gotten to this point now where I'm like, you know, yeah, you know, and having kids kind of helped too. <laughs> it always does. I remember my... Yeah. I remember my uh, doctor drilling that in when my son was born. He was like, he was like, he's like, you better take care of yourself. he's like, don't do it for me. Don't do it for your wife. Do it for your, your kids, you know, do it for your son. They they need you in your life, you know, in their life. And that was like, you know, I'm like, okay, uh, I got to change. Right. I got a lifestyle change. Something's got to change. So. But isn't it
0: interesting that prior to your complication you Hmm. didn't ever see your life as something that had to change because you would be not around for loved ones it wasn't until something happened where you went oh geez this is actually going on and and now i can take the rest of this seriously it's so you know isn't it interesting like we could say all kinds of cliched things like uh the minute you're born you're dying you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. and or or uh, at one point the Grand Canyon was a river, uh, you know, like, like, you know, like that that kind of stuff. Like, so you see, there's um, everybody experiences deterioration, and right, and it, it, it in a perfect scenario, if you get lucky, which you know, having this podcast, you just think everybody has diabetes, so it's just like it right. just doesn't work out for right. anybody. But it does actually. There are people who they get up in the morning and they die at the rate they're supposed to right at the mm-hmm. at the perfect promised rate of I'm going to drop dead when I'm 85 and in they don't have huge problems they go along but for the most part people have issues yeah. and you know not everybody gets that kind of gift of of watching a river gracefully turn into a hole in the ground <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it you know what I mean like it it some people have to see the flooding and the the rushing water, and you know, oh my god, did you did you guys notice that the river, blah blah blah, over the last year it happened so quickly, and, you right. know? So you get a, a health thing, and it moves you along, it takes you off of that that promised pace. I'm making quotes around promise, but um, <laughs> and and, but you still, when you're done, you're like, oh, it's still a nice river, you know what I mean? Like it, it's okay, like there's nothing to do, we don't have to do anything. It's hard to see it's hard to see the future when you're living right. in the present. I mean, you've mentioned it like three different ways. Like when you're living, you don't see what's happening. And no. and and as things change and change and change, they change so slowly, you don't have a, there's no onus to react to it. Cause you say things no. like, oh, my knee hurts, I'm getting older or, right. you know, like that kind of thing. Like i I've right. been saying that for 10 years, my knee hurts, I'm getting older. And then suddenly, a month ago, some guy was digging into my knee while I was asleep on the Jackson juice. Which, by the way, I don't judge Michael Jackson anymore because that was amazing. <laughs> and, and, um, and, and so, like, I'm so I'm asleep. I wake up, and the guy says to me, "Hey, listen, five ten years, you're probably gonna need a knee replacement." <laughs> now, now, up until he said that, the, my entire consideration around my knee was, "Oh, my knee hurts sometimes. I'm getting older." And now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh no." My rivers trying to turn into a hole in the ground. Uh, you know what I mean? Like suddenly there's a finite endpoint to it, a timeline, and something has to happen before you believe it because you're wired to believe. You get the gift of mm-hmm. of a slow deterioration, um, and I, I've come to learn from talking to people. Some people say, "Doctor scared me into it." I'm so grateful. <clears throat> and then some people say. The doctor tried to scare me into it. It ruined the next 20 years of my life. So there's Mm. even the doctors are in a bad position because they don't know who you are. They don't know what you need, right? Like as far as encouragement or a kick in the ass, they don't know which is which for you. And we're all just left to ride the ride, see how it goes. And hopefully you notice that your knee hurts and do something about it sooner than later. It really is.
1: Yeah. You and again, I mean? and I think, and I think that's where the support system comes in because if you can't notice it, someone else has got to, right. And it's one of those things where, you know, you go to sleep and you wake up and your blood sugars 300 something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you just go, Oh, whatever. Take insulin, move on. Right. But you know, you can, you can go to the doctor and they can, Try to figure out why your blood sugar when you're waking up is 300. Um, and unless someone else cares for you, when you're that age, right, you're not going to care, you know, because either you don't realize the seriousness of the matter, or there's this you know mental block that's saying, I want to be normal. That you know I don't want to hear it. It's I just be okay. I just want to live a normal life. Yeah. Right. And, you know, unfortunately for me, uh, I couldn't break out of that mental block. Mm -hmm. I always thought I had to have this, you know, I wanted to be free of having to worry about it, you know, because when you're seven or even two, I mean, having that responsibility of taking care of yourself, I mean, it it teaches a lot really quickly. And, uh, you know, for me, it was to the point where, you know, I was just doing the motions. I wasn't caring about, okay, where's my blood sugar at at this time right now. Right. It was just, okay, did I take my shot? I think so moving on. Right. And that was it. And, you know, so having someone to keep you honest, having someone to, you know, have your back on those instances is, is crucial. And, you know, luckily for me, my wife is that person and, you know, she has been, keeping on me about that because you know quite frankly she wants me to be alive too yeah she
0: needs you to pay for stuff i mean it's not not fun paying for (laughs) kids by yourself i wouldn't imagine i I, I think it just becomes obvious that if you have diabetes as an example you you still get you can still get a graceful decline it just looks different right Right. like you have to like you're just you're talking about it you i fletcher i feel like you've had diabetes for so long you don't want to insult anybody and you don't but i feel like what you want to say is Listen, take care of yourself. Like spend 5 minutes before lunch. Spend 10 minutes when you see a blood sugar higher. Don't ignore these things cuz because the the consequences are very real and they're mm. they're they're not really avoidable if you don't take the right steps up front. You are going to end up in one of these situations, but you don't have to. You just have to shift. I always think of it as shifting the work, right? You can mm. coast now and then, at the end, um, suffer and and spend your time in doctors' offices every five weeks, and etc. Where you can spread out all of that effort at the end over the journey, and not only make the journey healthier, but it makes your endpoint healthier. And so, you lost a couple of minutes here and there along the way, day to day. But f- having said that, that's. That's intellectually talking about it. You still, right. have to be, you still have to be a person who can do that and do right. it Do it with comfort. And listen, I've, I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I've talked to people who are going to start having bad health issues in their 40s, their 50s, and their 60s. And when they tell you the whole story, they wish they could go back and do it differently. But I always think to myself, if I put them in a time machine and sent them back – and even told them what was going to happen i wonder if they'd be able to do it differently or if it, sometimes it isn't just who you are and
1: these are your cards and you got to play them
0: i don't know right you know
1: i don't know i mean that's a great that's a really huge philosophical question of you know would you change your past and
0: could you even or would you just get back there and find that you know what this apparently is who i am and this is going to go the way it's going to go I'm going to be the crazy ant that runs in a circle and dies three days before the other ants. I don't know why
1: that's who I am. You know? Well, and I think the biggest thing there is, is how do you do it? Right. Because how do you go about doing that? It can't just be like, Oh, I'm going to mentally change how I think about this. No, it, there needs to be a plan in place, right? Mm -hmm. There needs, there needs to be that, uh, accountability. And, you know, Nowadays, with the way technology is, that accountability is on a machine, right? We didn't, I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. You know, and, and so <laughs> um, it was just, it was a lot harder. And, and, but I think ultimately anybody can put themselves in that perspective, you know, even if they have to say, okay, every time I see a high blood sugar, that's five minutes of my life that I'm losing, right? Something to just tame yourself and say, I need to take care of this. You know, this is not an okay situation, you know, or if I'm struggling, who can I reach out to, to help me? Because there is it, help out there. Yeah, there are support groups out there, Right. you know, and, uh, you know, I know for myself, like, I'm always happy to help any new person who's you know recently diagnosed or if they're struggling, you know, just to talk to someone. I'm always happy to do that, you know, because that's, you know, we're kind of like the band of brothers, right? We, we understand, and we know how to, you know, not, not every diabetic is going to be able to help another diabetic, you know, every situation is different, but, you know, as long as you're trying, I mean, that's, that's what counts.
0: It certainly does. And I hear what you're saying about making something tangible so you can measure it. You you know, like, because otherwise it just feels like, I mean, I've probably said this a number of times, but my father was a smoker. I think he started smoking when he was 12, he told me. He told me that when he was a kid, they went in the back of his home to a field and they took cattails. I don't know if you know what that is. It's a Yes. Right. And they smoked them because they were like, we're going to smoke something. (laughs) And then, (laughs) you you know, and then it it went from there and um, cigarettes were very pure when my i mean my father's been dead a long time this we're probably talking about i mean we're probably talking about 70 years ago or more right um, and wow. and he's smoking these cigarettes and he would as an adult be so proud i went to the doctor doctor says he can't even tell i'm a smoker can't even tell he, he x-rayed mm. my chest he can't even tell healthy you know Blah blah blah. my dad died of congestive heart failure that's uh Ugh. that's from smoking you know what i mean like and but but he needed nothing ever happened that slapped him in the face and went yo man you probably shouldn't smoke like (laughs) so he just kept doing it and every day where he didn't every day where he didn't fall over he took as reinforcement reinforcement Mm -hmm. yeah smoking's not going to hurt me the way it hurts other people i'm the special person that gets to smoke till i'm 100 and uh wasn't the case and you know, yeah. and, you know, and diabetes yeah. falls in that same category. You, you know, you're going along like I have a higher A1C, but look at me, I'm fine.
1: And you're not.
0: You just, you just don't know it yet.
1: Yeah, who, who it that, um, was it that was it B.F. Skinner that did the um, where he would shock the dogs if they went to the wrong uh, or they did the wrong command. I can't remember which so, psychologist did that, but you know. We should talk to the Dexcom and and say, hey, if a diabetic sugar is is at a high point and they don't do anything about it for a long time, we should be able to give them a little shock. <laughs> we're gonna shock them. <laughs> so at first, a- when you said B.F. Skinner, I thought you
0: were talking about the principal from The Simpsons, and then I, oh, re- yeah, I realized no. you were not. <laughs>
1: i was like i can uh-oh. see how you think that that's I funny was like, oh fletcher apparently paid attention, <laughs> and not a lot of people are going to know that reference By way, yeah
0: yeah, yeah yeah no i thought oh fletcher <laughs> fletcher paid attention in college getting his fancy art degree um that's it's, right <laughs> <laughs> well you know what it's it's listen i you're joking but at the same time after living with it for this long 28 years you know um mm. i i think you're saying like People need help, and you should take it wherever you can get it. I, I mean, I, what we're really talking about today is just the nature of people and that mm-hmm. diabetes speeds up deterioration, and we're not meant to deal with it that way. Like, our brains are not meant to deal I, – I say all the time, like, if 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 people were wired to worry – we'd all just be neurotic and run in circles and bump into things because we'd be constantly like, oh God, this is happening, that's happening. My knee hurts, I must have knee cancer. My, you know what I mean? Like people would be out of their minds. I think there's part of us that's wired to be like, okay, this happened, keep moving. This happened, keep moving. But when you get a, you know, a serious situation, you change your focus. You see it happen, I use cancer as an example, um, and I'm thinking of, a, of a, a specific person I won't name, but going along living their life and then all of a sudden, bang, you have a very serious cancer. It is very unlikely that we're going to make it go away. Like Now we're in a, a this mode of trying to elongate your life where people are having conversations like, let's see if we can keep this person alive so they can see their kid graduate or like so their daughter can have a baby, like that kind of thing. Like in a real serious situation where the finite end of your life has been... Has drastically been shortened. You see those people very often undergo a complete change, a complete change. It's painful and it's a reshaping of who they are, what they think the world is, what they think of timelines and lifespans. And then they they find a way to live a meaningful life inside of this shorter span. Um, And then some people just get depressed and put their head down and you know, it overtakes them and that's that. But I, I find it fascinating and, and inspiring when people can reshape themselves quickly enough to adapt to a significant change. And I think a little bit about diabetes is that like, right? Like I, when I hear Jenny talk, I think this girl, she's speaking from a perspective of someone who looked at her reality and said okay fine i'm in i'll live inside of this reality and she mm-hmm. didn't she didn't fight the reality because I, when you fight it you're going to lose right mm-hmm. and and you know I, I think some people can can find a way to repackage themselves inside of the new the new existence they were given and and those people do terrific i, I swear to you after uh, i have to be getting close to so i've interviewed a thousand people the one thing I'm certain of is that happy people on some weird level decide to be happy yeah and, and i don't I don't know another way to put that people come on, they've had transplants, they've had cancer, they've got horrible side effects. How's your life? It's great everything's great and and it, it's not that they decided to be happy. it's a way of thinking about it i I really think of it more as they decided to to reshape themselves so that they can exist and fit in the new reality they were given.
1: Right, that's it. And you know, one of those things and I meant to mention this. Um, so I don't know if you have ever heard of the four tendencies.
0: The four tendencies.
1: Um, yes. Go ahead. Uh, it's a. It's a. The this a uh, woman uh, Gretchen Rubin uh, created this podcast called the Happiness Project great absolutely great i loved it um my wife and i would listen to it all the time and we took the four tendencies quiz right to see what tendency you you go towards which is you know you're either an upholder a rebel a questioner or an obliger and um i fell into the obliger category Mm -hmm. and it was clear as day why i'm an obliger because i tend to put everybody else's needs before my own. Okay. Right. And I've realized that looking back through all the years, it's exactly what I've done is I would put everything before my diabetes, not intentionally, but that is just what I did because I thought those things were more important than my own self at the time. Right. Right. Where I was like, oh, you know what? Even though my blood sugar is high and I need to take a shot, um, you know, I need to go do these three things or I need to go do these chores, you know, whatever the case may have been. I always put others, other things in front of my own. And it's hard to come to that realization that even today, I still do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Where, I need to give myself insulin, but I really need to change my daughter's diaper or I need to do this. or I need to do that. (laughs) And it's, it's easy to do. It's, it's, yeah. And it's not um, sometimes we're not built for, you know, just putting ourselves and giving ourselves that one or two minutes that we need to fix ourselves before we can fix others or Mm -hmm. help others. And that's, that's, that saying has always been in my head is, help yourself before you can help others. Because if you can't help yourself first, eventually you're not going to be able to help others. And that's something I wish every diabetic would ingrain into their brain, because I can tell you, you're going to be that much more successful going forward in life. If you take that moment for yourself first and then have those moments afterwards. yeah. Because you think, well, you know, if I put this on pause or put this on hold or whatever it is, if I need to change my set, whatever, uh, it's not a big deal. But if you say that over and over and over again, over an expanded period of time, it then becomes the big deal, right? Yeah, you're contradicting yourself.
0: Yeah. You diminish its importance so much that it has an opportunity to overtake you. It's almost like yes. you you ignore an enemy almost, mm-hmm. right? Essentially, uh, yeah, right. To, like it's to...
1: staring you at the face, and you just allowed it to stab you, even though you can't feel it, see it, or experience it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right? and if you just put a tiny bit of focus and attention on it,
0: it it, it sort of shines a light in the shadow and and makes it go away. Right. Yeah. Wow. A lot of metaphors in there. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I looked up the happiness project cause I've heard about it before. And all I can tell you oh, yeah. is if this, if this person, uh, Gretchen was the first person to come up with this, about 40,000 hacks have tried to rip her off since then. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, I'm speaking from a that tiny bit of t- speaking from a tiny bit of perspective about what it's like to start the first something and then mm-hmm. watch 17 other people go, Oh, good idea. <laughs> like Thanks. <Right>. Um, <laughs> Yeah, can I just have this for five minutes? I I did build it all by myself from nothing. No, you want to just jump right. on? Fine. The Happiness Lab. Fine. The Science <laughs> of Happiness. Fine. Happiness Podcast. Fine. Love Happiness. And so, oh my God, you almost can't yeah. find her thing because of
1: of uh, so many others,
0: so yeah. many other people using her. Do, do you know? I, I was just about to say I don't want to make this about me, but I think people would laugh if I said that. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the um instance of a podcast with the word juice box in it since mine became popular is insane
1: Mm.
0: it there's really there's uh, more than a dozen of them and and just take they take like a different variation of spelling or they separate the words in different places or something like that oh yeah now some of those people just might have woken up one day and said oh i want to make a podcast i'm going to call it the juice box podcast and they go to register it and they find out like oh Damn guy already did it. Like I have to change the name. <laughs> I get that, but um, it, it's 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 no um. When, when words become popular in an ecosystem where searching is important, then people mm. people start like, oh, happiness lap or happiness this or happiness that. That's popular. I'll put the word happiness in my thing. So, um, I, as yeah. you can see, I'm a tiny bit sensitive to the idea. <laughs> hey,
1: no one's gonna steal your thunder, Scott. No. You have no reason to worry. I got to wrestle it back from them, Fletcher. If they come for me, I'm like, no, 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 no. But well, listen. well, that's when you—that's when you slap a lawsuit out. Oh,
0: <laughs> I don't think my things um, is is valuable enough that I could sue somebody over
1: it. <laughs> well, um, I mean, after however many episodes, five hundred and seventy something. Oh, please, I mean, I'm I'm close to seven hundred now. Oh, you're close to seven hundred now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got a lot to catch up on, dude. I'm rolling. Um, yeah.
0: It, uh, but no, but seriously, I you've talked about so many important ideas. It, it's interesting because generally speaking, I get a lot of female people as guests. Mm. When the men come on, they fall into these two distinct categories. They're either men's men who are usually parents and are freaked out and trying to figure things out. Or were freaked out and trying to figure things out for their kids. Or they're thoughtful guys, and you fall into the thoughtful guy category very easily. And and it was interesting because I didn't know when you came on today. Like I was like, I wonder how this is going to go, you know. So I'm I'm very pleased with how the conversation went. I hope you are as well.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and I I already came up with the title for this episode. Oh, oh I have, be- Go ahead. Keep the eyes on the prize.
0: Do, do you know what I jotted down?
1: Hmm. Code fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's very vague. It is. It needs, I love how vague very it vague. is.
0: I, I also love that it's not it, that it's connected. That if you listen to this entire listen, Fletcher, they're your parents, and I don't want to be harsh on them, right? But sure. in a moment when your seven-year-old kid is being diagnosed, your your mom froze and your dad tried to die <laughs> and then, listen to that and go oh man he was right yeah, yeah, and, then, and, then, and, and, and then from there as you're making decisions that I mean we can see in hindsight are bad decisions but you would have no way of knowing you know at seven years old there's there's no one there to, to go hey I you know I paid a little attention to this diabetes thing that seems wrong Like, don't do that, or let's try this instead, or, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, you were just floating through it, and, you know, I have a a very soft place in my heart for that, because, I mean, my friend Mike was diagnosed probably four or five years before you, and everyone treated it the same way as you would describe. Like, oh, he takes a shot in the morning, he takes a shot at night, we're never going to talk about this again, and now Mike is dead. And so um, it would have been nice if someone would have stuck up for Mike and or mm-hmm. or been an adult in a time when he needed adults. And mm-hmm. um, it it just I'm not going to listen. I'm not I'm not trying to shame Mike's parents who, by the way, have both passed. So it'd be pretty impo- impossible to do. But um, but or yours, <laughs> like your parents just did what occurred to them. I mean, I feel like that's what we've been talking about the whole time. Right. Your parents did what occurred to them. They needed somebody to tell them. Fletcher's in a different situation now. His reality has changed. And like it or not, so is yours. But instead, everybody tries to act like nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Right? And, And if you can find a way to live with diabetes where it's minimized in the background a little bit, I think, God bless, I think that's terrific. But minimizing it and ignoring it are two completely different things. You know, And people ignore it. And you've just laid out what, what could happen. I'm, I'm telling you right now, pre-bolus or I'm getting lasers in my eyes, I'll pre-bolus. You, you know what I mean? But right. it's easy for me right. to say, again, intellectually, because if you gave me diabetes today, would I pre-bolus? Like, I don't know. Right. And and here's how I can tell you that I don't know. My dentist gave me these little trays that he made molds of of my teeth. It was expensive. And then he said, hey, Scott, once a day, I'd like you to squirt some of this gel into this tray, pop these trays on, wear them for 15 minutes. I think it's going to be a big deal for your overall health, for your gum health, for your teeth, for everything. Like, you know, I see in the future something might happen. Let's get ahead of it here. I said, okay, that sounds amazing. I paid for the trays. He gave me the gel. Most days I look at the trays, I look at the gel, and I think, I got to put that gel in those trays and pop those in my mouth for 15 minutes. And then I don't do it. So am I going to pre-bolus if I get diabetes? Intellectually, I think I'm going to. After I hear your story, I definitely want to. And then there's execution, right? Because in this same moment, my daughter's about to leave for college. She has diabetes. I have a job. Um, I am oddly connected to people I'll never meet. Uh, my son just graduated from college. He's a little rudderless. My wife is trying to do her job and work, and we're trying to retire before like we can't move. Y- you know what I mean? Like we're trying to set our kids up for the future. We're trying, I- and I'm supposed to put these trays in my mouth too. Like, how the f- am I supposed to do that, Fletcher? Y- you know, like, like I don't have. <laughs> it-, it seems easy, but I don't have that kind of time, man. And yet. Yeah. I don't. I. I. Of course, I do. It's the. It's the only thing that's
1: important. So I don't know, man. Yeah.
0: Good luck. No, I hear you. And, 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 <laughs> this is and, a yeah, bummer, right? The bunch it's, of this turned into a bummer.
1: <laughs> you know, and well, and it's funny you say you mentioned dentist dentistry because you know it it affects our teeth too, right? Yeah. Um. And 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 the health of our teeth, which is very important. Um. And I, I know I'm I'm going back and forth, but I just want to make a correction that um. I said I've had a the BF Skinner reference, which is correct. I, I mentioned Pavlov, but I think I I wanted to go with B.F. Skinner <laughs> because he's the he's the psychologist best known for his influence on behaviorism. Okay. so
0: so you you confused um, Pavlov's dog with behaviorism from Skinner. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, Fletcher. I have to delete this entire episode and uh, you've wasted my time. You <laughs> Fletcher, you came so close. I'm so sorry. Wah, wah. It's over now. Wah, yeah. Wah. yeah. Well, trust me, everybody who knew that you didn't have that right is still listening because they're just they're so mad. They're, they're like oh yeah
1: i'm sure they
0: are <laughs> he meant yeah. pavlov's though
1: this dude has a master's degree doesn't even know the difference between yeah. bf skinner and but he has master's Pavlov. degree at,
0: or, what, is there a school what in antarctica hard. i don't know about where three people went <laughs> stop it um yeah hey i have a question for you before we wrap up a little bit here i mean you mentioned yeah. a, a really like the happiness project is a is a big podcast right like it's mm. it's a, it makes mine look like i'm yelling out the window and so um b- but it helped you does this podcast have a similar help for you? Oh, absolutely. Okay.
1: It's it, it's it's one of those things where I treat it as like a almost like a a confidence booster, you know, and like for me, it's always been easy to connect with people like when I've been listening to episodes, I've always wanted to reach out to people and be like, I know exactly what you're going through, or I totally know what you need to do with that. Or, you know, I can totally relate to your incident that you have, you know, that just happened. Like, you know, so for me, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of meditative. And when, when you're able to just listen to others situations, however good or bad they may be, it always has you doing a self-reflection of your own situation.
0: Okay.
1: Right. And, and that's the, I think the power of your podcast is being able to give every diabetic listening to this or non-diabetic listening to this, the ideology of, what should be what shouldn't be and how we're all reacting to it hmm. and some people are going to connect instantly others are going to be confused but that's good because at least it's sparking some kind of reaction yeah
0: and keeping you in for it. me
1: yeah Moment. so for me having this podcast You know, though it may not be the most positive or happy, it is still something that I value. And I value it to the nines. Because if I had this when I was younger, I'd be in a different spot. Okay. You know.
0: Well, I I appreciate you sharing that with me, honestly. Because I have come to the complete conclusion that I am making something that is more than I anticipated and mm-hmm. that I'm not fully in control of how it impacts people. Like I, I know it impacts them well, like your explanation doesn't surprise me, right? Mm-hmm. But it might surprise you to know that I am not purposefully creating that for you. Like like there's, I, I see the big picture I know, I know about the, like, I know that I talk about diabetes management a way that people find relatable and, (laughs) and, and that's amazing. And I used to just believe that that was the podcast. Like it was just me saying, you know, Hey, understand how your insulin works. And I think that for many people, um, for many people who are newly diagnosed or, you know, struggling, trying to start over again, whose kids have diabetes, I, I think this is an, the, the podcast generally serves as an instructional thing for them. And it, right. it, again, it wasn't until I started really talking to the adults who don't speak up much in the space. Like, you're there. Mm-hmm. I know your guys are there, but you don't pop into Facebook to be like, hey, I've had diabetes for 28 years. Um, yo, what's up? Like, it doesn't work like that. Like, the only people who, generally speaking, have the motivation to speak in public about it are people who are so desperate that they need the help of other people. Um, And there's this, I forget the numbers, but it's crazy now because the internet's so big. But 10, 15 years ago, I was told that such a small percentage of the population has the ability to speak online, like to put their words down and share them with somebody else. Like most people, and by a long shot, most people are not interested in doing that. And so- when people do that around their health my expectation always is is that they are really in need if the, if mm-hmm. they're if they're willing to push forward like that and the people who come out and help them is 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 a, an incredible kindness because for the most part those people are aren't really they're not in that bad situation usually they're just they're sort of in that situation where they're like hey look 5 miles back there's a hole in the road you can't see it i know where it's at if you want, I'll come back, put a flag next to it. You can drive around it. And, and, mm-hmm. and that's just incredibly kind. But, but kind of back to the, the creation of the podcast, as I started seeing it do that, I kept thinking, oh, I'm not doing that on purpose. Like I was doing the management thing on purpose. I'm doing the feeling part of it on purpose. I want people to think bigger picture. I want them to step mm-hmm. back macro sometimes. Like all that I'm doing on purpose. But the part where it it's a it's what you described. Like I hope people understand. Like that's just a happy accident at best. I Mm -hmm. I I I, if I sat down and said I want to make a podcast, it's gonna make a person who's had diabetes for 25 years and been through all the things you've been through feel the way you described. I mean, how the how the hell would I do that? How would anyone do that? You know? So
1: Right. Well, I think it's um it's kind of manifested and evolved, right? The evolution of your podcast, you know, as you say, started in this one space where you wanted it to be. And as you accepted more people who wanted to speak about diabetes and their situations and share their knowledge, it just kind of evolved into, um, I think a huge platform for people to get a taste of what we have to go through on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I'm sorry. The, the good thing is, is that it ultimately helps more than it does harm. Right. You know, and I think people in my situation, cause I, like I said, I've, I've, I've been going to camp for ever since I think, Last year I was at camp, I was like 21 or 22. Okay. So I you know, I have a lot of diabetic diabetes friends, you know, who we've kept up with each other over the years, you know, and as we get older in age, we start to discuss like all the things that are happening. You know, some of my friends who are going through pregnancies and what they have to go through. And you know, which is great because you talk about that, you know, you you bring people on who who are willing to share those experiences. Yeah. You know, a lot of people aren't willing because they're afraid of how they're going to be judged.
0: I, I think that there are things that don't get spoken about that should, and you're right. When sometimes you speak about them, people worry like, Oh, what are the, what's the, what are they going to say? I also think as <laughs> this is going to sound ironic to some people, because I believe that my sarcasm sometimes gets misconstrued, which is fine. <laughs> but uh, as, as odd as this is going to sound to somebody, the podcast isn't about me i created a platform that reaches a lot of people and i basically turned it into a megaphone that i hold in front of somebody's face every day so right. i i have the megaphone you have the story right and uh, because right. i don't have your story i i don't have i've i record almost every day at this point and i don't have anyone's stories i don't <clears throat> i didn't set this thing up as a glorified audio blog where the same 15 people that you see online talking about diabetes just regurgitate their stories over and over again. Like I, I've very purposely, I like a a lot of those people greatly and, um, but still like, I don't know how many times you're going to come on and say the same thing. And I see other places do it. I see blogs do it. Same article, like every 30 days, it's, it's like Mm. they, they just write the same crap over and over again. I'm like this stuff didn't help anybody last month. It ain't gonna help them this month, <laughs> you know. And and but it's clicks and it's a business and and they do it and I I don't begrudge them it. And other people who have podcasts who are really just trying to drive listeners to their business. Um, I mean that's a viable that's a viable thing to do, and people do it all the time. I'm thinking of three of them off the top of my head that are not really podcasts. They're just meant to hook you in enough that you go pay for their service,
1: right. Um,
0: and there are some okay. people who just took the old diabetes blog platform and turned it into words, and you know that you can hear and again, I don't know what that does to tell the same ten stories over and over again, so um for me, I want to go find Fletcher who lives in the Midwest somewhere and nobody knows except for his friends and his family, and let him tell his whole story because his because your story is everyone's story to somebody. And we just keep doing that. There's no end to it. It it should go on forever. And if I'm mindful, then I should keep getting better at holding the megaphone and asking the right questions so that people who are not accustomed to being recorded or telling their stories can get their stories out better. I recorded one yesterday, Fletcher. I couldn't slow the person down. (laughs) They were shot out of a cannon. I kept putting up roadblocks. They kept driving over the roadblocks. (laughs) <laughs> and, and there was, I'm about 25 minutes into it. And I'm thinking like, I'm never going to put this episode out. Like, like she's, <laughs> she's just talking, you know? And then it hit me. It's gonna, it's gonna be exactly what somebody needs. And mm. so if the rest of you don't listen through that one, I don't care. It's okay. Right. Like it it can't be for everybody all the time. Yeah. Like, th- this, this, person's story and the way they expressed it someone's going to hear her and go oh my god I feel exactly the same way and if I was saying this this is what I would sound like it and so you know a good example is some I mean so you have to put content out sometimes that everybody's not gonna love and a, and a really good example is I put an episode out about a frezza recently mm-hmm. it is not performing up to my 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 standards, (laughs) um, you know, compared to other episodes, it's not not a huge drop off, but I could have very easily done something else on that day that would have driven, you know, thousands more clicks. And, Mm -hmm. and I just thought, no, this is important to somebody. Let's do it. I I mean, I can't do them. You know, if I made the whole, like, I get a lot of stuff online, a Fresa people as examples are really like, you have to tell people about a Fresa. And I'm like, if I keep telling people about Afreza, I'm not going to have a podcast Be- you know, because, <laughs> believe it or not, not that many people care about Afreza. And I, and, I right. and I can't just make them care about it. I can, I can wait until I see it tip and then find more people and hold up more megaphones. Like, I can do that. But I right. can't force you to care about inhaled insulin. And and so it's just, I don't know,
1: man, like it's a, well, and then again, I don't think you have to be, uh, I don't think you have to be subjective to the, these opinions that may or may not have interest for many people listening. But if it's something where, like you said, you're using this megaphone, you're using this as a platform for people to get up and speak, Mm -hmm. you know, and it may, and, and to be honest, I think you've gained enough respect at this point that people may not care what the topic is. They just want to hear the podcast, how you present it yeah, and, and be supportive of you. I, and, I, I mean, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think people will happily do that because of the, the big picture that you've started. Hmm. I'll, um, I'll tell this you. Podcast.
0: I appreciate that. I'll tell you one thing. I did do on purpose, and so you've seen a couple of recently uh, episodes called Type Two Stories, and mm-hmm. there's going to be more of them if people with Type Two will reach out and come do this. Um, it's harder to get them to to find. It's harder to find them, like to do mm. it. But I've been peppering Type Two into the podcast for years. And every time I do it, I get a nasty gram from somebody. And most recently <laughs> I put up my first type two story and it's purposefully the, set up the way it is because the person has type two, but she's the parent of a type one. I was like, here's my hook. Like I'll, I'll trick you into listening right. to a type two. Right. And, right. um, I got a letter, a uh, typed note. Some people call them emails, Fletcher. And it said, uh, stop putting type twos on your podcast this is about type one
1: diabetes and i thought oh you're going to be really disappointed because i'm not going to do that um and it, no because yeah. a diabetic's a diabetic i mean yeah you know there's a difference between being um between a dead pancreas and a, a, a pancreas that resists but all in all it's it's the same battle yeah. you know it's the same fight right and who are we to discriminate against someone who's also feeling a low blood sugar or feeling a high blood sugar? How how
0: about it's a podcast about people? And my son and I were talking last night and I said, during the course of the conversation, I I don't think of it as a diabetes podcast. And he kind of laughed at me. He's like, you have a diabetes podcast. And I was like, I don't know, man, I don't think of it that way. And and he's like, he didn't understand. I was like, it's a podcast where people come on and talk about their lives and, often we talk about diabetes like but not for the whole like i'm like how do you imagine this and i looked at him like have you ever listened to he goes i've never heard your podcast i was like okay so that's that's fair i was like but you're not talking about diabetes for 60 straight minutes it's not this i mean honestly you could take the word diabetes out of this podcast and insert something else and you'd be talking about someone else's struggle it's it's you know to me it's a it's a conversation like i don't want to like like, sound, like, crunchy, but, like, we're sitting around a campfire, it's digital, and everybody, and people are telling their stories.
1: Yeah, like, if I could be drinking from a mimosa right now, I would be. Hey, but uh,
0: (laughs) I I don't drink, or I would let people drink during the podcast, I don't care. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I totally want to interview somebody who's high, like, while they're, like, smoking. That, I think, would be fun.
1: That Um, would be quite entertaining.
0: I gotta tell you, Fletcher, now that I said that out loud, I bet you that's gonna happen, so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um
0: I, it, it isn't gonna take much for people to go like i've been waiting for this moment <laughs> I, mm-hmm, I, didn't, mm-hmm. I, I think well, that hey
1: good you know Every there's there's nothing wrong with adding a little flavor right no a little spice not
0: at all i i think back often to um the uh the drinking episode like the first mm. my first after i think my first after dark was about drinking and I, I kind of put it out into the world. And I was like, I need like, I, fr- I forget how I said it. I was like, I'm looking for a real professional drunk who has type 1 diabetes. And the, <laughs> and the woman who contacted me, I swear, this story needs to be told every six months so it doesn't get lost. The woman who contacted me sent me a note and said, I'm supposed to be on your podcast. Apparently, you put out a call for a professional drunk who has diabetes. And my husband and my best friend told me I need to come on the show. So... You understand that when I heard that, what I heard was there's a person with diabetes whose husband listens to the podcast, you know, away from her. It's not just with her and her friend listens to it. I was like, right, this thing is working. Like that was the first Mm -hmm. thing I thought. I thought, oh my gosh, like this is working. Like it's not just the girl with diabetes who knows the podcast, but, but how funny is it that they both came to her independently and said, Hey, Scott wants you on the podcast. (laughs) she right. she at first was like me how does he know me and then they gave the description she goes oh and she said to me something like yeah well that that's me so here i am and i was like cool well, she came on you're and now be,
1: you're becoming you're becoming the steve harvey of podcasting i don't understand you the know? reference what does steve harvey do
0: <laughs> i mean i know he's the guy i laugh at on family feud and but what is how does the, how does the reference well be? i was gonna
1: say oprah but that seems i don't know a little much. I won't. I wouldn't you call you don't Oprah. Want to give
0: me. Listen, I, I. I no disrespect to Oprah, but I. I ain't looking to be Oprah. You know, uh, <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> I, I sometimes.
1: So I'd rather. You know, I'd rather go the Steve Harvey route because he's he's popular guy and everybody likes him. That's I, that's where I was
0: going. I'm always be. fascinated by by uh, Oprah on social media, where she's like, "I'm oh, having yeah? a couple of my friends over." <laughs> turns the camera around she's at a castle you know Uh, there's a thousand people walking up to it i i I don't recognize one of the cars (laughs) you know when you see like even on the road you see a mercedes you go i didn't know they made a mercedes like that (laughs) Uh oh yeah right yeah yeah i i don't understand i don't understand why she does that
1: Mm.
0: i don't understand why there's no like Kind of decorum about that, like, hey, I'm I'm insanely wealthy. Why don't I not rub it in people's faces? But I guess faces. Some some Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. like that, though. There are YouTubers that make money telling you about how much money they make. That freaks me out.
1: Like, why would anyone listen to that? I don't know. Yeah, people are desperate. Oh
0: my goodness! (laughs) All right, Fletcher, we go on forever, obviously, but we're going to stop. Um, I really appreciate you doing this. It, yes, thank sincerely, you sincerely. Um, and and that's pretty much it. I hope we covered uh, what you wanted to talk about.
1: No, yeah, we did, and it was a pleasure. And uh, you know, I'll definitely keep listening, and uh, you keep doing you, sir. I'll do my best. Hold on one second.
0: First, I want to thank Fletcher for coming on the show, and then I'd like to thank. Athletic Greens, for making AG1 and for supporting the sp- and for supporting the podcast. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Get your free one-year supply of vitamin D, your five free travel packs, and your AG1 with your first order. And don't forget that you can get your diabetes supplies from US Med by going to usmed.com forward slash juice box or by calling 888 721 15 1-4. U.S. Med always provides 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. All right, that's about it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.